0: Good afternoon, everyone. So we're back again for another week of a Career Talk with OG. This week, I have a special, special treat. I told you via my post. I uh, normally have one guest on, but today we have three. And the reason is because I really, really believe that um, the topic is very important, given the fact that uh, even though things are, you know, more and more businesses are opening up, There's still a lot of people that have been laid off and in my opinion i don't have a crystal ball just my opinion but come next month october when that ppo loan or whatever the heck they call the government you know that 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 companies agree to not lay people off and uh for x amount of time i think we're going to see some more layoffs uh come next month unfortunately but uh today let me first of all pop up here this beautiful graphic that I created that uh, at first I left out their name oh my gosh you can tell I am not a pro at this but uh, it's, it's all good so today let me introduce the folks that we have uh, all uh, some good friends of mine so first of all Kelly Peters who is a senior placement manager at, at Experis IT she has over 12 years of experience in the recruiting space Obviously, IT uh, space. Um, Also, actually, Kelly and I met. I think was about two years ago. Mm -hmm. I did a talk for a the Project Management Institute chapter here in Silicon Valley, and we met. We connected on LinkedIn. have stayed friends, and uh, not that long ago, she invited me to do another talk for another of her uh, uh, for her company, one of the divisions. Um, Also. Have uh, Marta Nino, who is a senior marketing manager at Adobe. So I don't give a red, you know. You know my age or not, whatever. I'm 51 years old, but I remember working in downtown San Jose before the beautiful Adobe buildings were being built, and then seeing them built. And the very first time that I set foot on those in these in those buildings was last year when Marta invited me and took a tour. We are still looking for nopalitos over there for lunch. <laughs> Um, but she's also the host of a, her new podcast called uh, "Moments with Martha." Okay. So thank you as well, Martha, for being. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, uh, behind the scenes, some of you know her, but my daughter Angelica, uh, and uh, she works with me uh, at uh, with with the Speed of Consulting. She is a cultural engagement officer. I can let her. I'll let her tell you what that means. But I can tell you from my standpoint, what that means is she is my, uh, right arm, all the things that happen behind the scenes. And in some cases, um, dealing with, uh, our clients, she helps me out tremendously. She super smart, graduated top of her class out of, I think, 2200 students. She was literally like one of the top students. Okay. Super smart. If, uh. If she wasn't my daughter and we were in class together, I would be sitting next to her and copying off her papers in college. (laughs) So anyways, uh, Jelly, Marta, and Angelica, thank you very much again for uh, being here on Career Talk with OG. But uh, Jelly, you know what? Um, I want to start with you because you are a recruiter and one of the things that I, Questions that I oftentimes get asked a lot in terms of my career development training uh, from job seekers is what is uh, how, how do I connect with a recruiter? What's the right way to do it, et cetera, and so forth. So, why don't we, be, before you get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your career journey uh, and then, obviously, more specifically, what it is that you do in your role? Well, thanks
1: to everybody for inviting me. I appreciate it, Oscar. It's long overdue, and it's great to meet Angelica and Monica. So career journey can be summed up, I would say in one simple statement, which is called, how hard could that be, right? So, and by that I mean, when I graduated from the University of Arizona, I got my like first real person job, right? And when that one, which I didn't really love, but it taught me a lot of really valuable lessons in particular, um, sales, project management, you know, the basics of, really corporate professionalism that even though I'd been working the whole time before, that's where you really cut your teeth, right? So when that all kind of um, fell, you know, basically by the wayside a year, two years later, I'm kind of wafting around thinking, what am I going to do? And at that time I was being contacted by a lot of people who do what I do. Right. And I would meet with them in person. I would have phone calls and a lot of them would say, you know what, you'd be really good at this job. So why don't you come and interview here? And I'd be like, no, I don't want to do this. And over time, it must have happened the third time and I thought, you know what? how hard could this really be? right? Like, come on, everybody needs a job. So when I decided to relocate from Arizona to the Sacramento area, I thought, I'll just do what we now call career rebrand and pivot. And yeah. I I'll just, well, just make myself a recruiter, right? How hard could it be? So I did and I started working for a company called Robert Half. So, Robert Half, corporate giant in tech, in um, recruiting, um, very, the value add for them that I got is really a very stringent, focused, disciplined approach to recruiting, right? Sales, what it's going to take for you to be successful, especially if you work on my side of the table, right? So, worked there for a really long time, worked, started out in finance and accounting, Right. And at that point, I'm going to date myself, Oscar, but you're brave, so I'm going to be brave. At that time, the dot-com boom was raging, right? So I'm no I'm no dummy. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to go over and try technical recruiting. Hadn't really done it before, but again, thought, how hard could that be, right? I can find a programmer. I can find a network architect. So I did, and I just started applying for opportunities and went over to another giant, a Deco technical. And I had a pretty, pretty good career there where I worked in a lot of spaces in particular public sectors. at the time I was in Sacramento. Right. So that's where I really cut my teeth with um, Project management, um, really the entire lifecycle of it all the way from user support all the way to architects project and program managers decision makers executive level. And I really wanted to up my game about six years into that. And that's when I kind of moved into a company at the time was called Comsys which was kind of a mid-level, but they're higher-end consulting, right?
2: right so right. Um,
1: I thought, how bad could that be, right? Wrong. But the opportunity <laughs> Commerces offered me was really the introduction to methodology and project management. Networking is a mandatory part of my job, which is how you and I have met. Right, um, right. Those kinds of things, right? So through my career there, we were acquired, and um, I had some lifestyle um, things that came up I now have a husband His husband took a job in the Bay Area we've been through a couple of recessions and I was offered an opportunity to move to the team that I work with now, which is Internally considered the number one team in uh, globally with experience right and we serve um, some enterprise customers um, Like Cisco. I'm now working with Microsoft Accenture federal so forth and the opportunity this one offered me was really to work a lot more in alignment to what an internal recruiter does, right? So we service the entirety of the enterprise. So my area of expertise, as you said, project and program and product management, but within that is pretty much everything within that enterprise. So marketing, creative, social, business, business ops, product, customer experience, all the technical areas. So um, and that's where I sit today.
0: Wow. I love this. You know what? Thank you for sharing uh, (laughs) detail of your your journey because that's amazing. I mean, there, there's so many angles and so many ways that we, uh, I can go with, with your journey. But um, the, 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 the thing that I want everyone that's listening to this is, folks, you better be connecting with Chelly because not only is she a recruiter, but she is working for some top companies. And if you don't recruit, don't be calling me up or messaging me on LinkedIn and crying, okay? Because I'm like going to delete your message, all right? So connect with her. Thank you. Please Time. do so. You're
1: welcome.
0: Martha. Yeah, right. a you next. Thank you again for, for being here. Um, you know, again, in looking, at, you're at Adobe, which is uh, a, a company that is another uh, phenomenal company, uh, just internationally, let alone here in Silicon Valley. Uh, the company that also has done a, a tremendous job in pivoting uh, online, et cetera, and so forth. And one of the things, too, that stood out about your, um, about your career journey as I was looking at it is that you've been through two major re- recessions, 2008, and then obviously now in the current situation. But tell us, let's first talk again, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got into uh, tech, because your story is also very beautiful, and it's one, uh, someone that's coming from, you know, from, from very humble beginnings.
3: Palitos. That's where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm a senior partner marketing manager at Adobe. I've been there for fifteen years. I've actually been in tech, got close to 25, so I am really aging myself. Um and it's been awesome. And I got there kind of by accident to be honest. I was out of a job. I was a contractor and I entered the tech a tech company completely by accident. I was asked to go and be a contractor at a company that made, I thought they said sand, but really it was sound. So I ended up at a sound company and I was adminning at this company, you know, right from the bottom. They were paying me at the time, I don't know, $12, $13 an hour back in the day. And I was in the marketing department and I guess I wasn't in sand, I was in sound. So I was in tech i didn't even go to you know i hadn't graduated from college or anything like that um but there i was amongst all these amazing marketers and sales folks and i loved it i loved it i loved it i loved it so i started asking a lot of questions and i think if one thing there's one thing i've learned is you know to shelly's point how hard could it be right (laughs) all of these people were doing it and they seemed you know very like me and as far as like, you know, we're all around the same age group. We were all working hard and I, I started asking for more projects. I started um, going to, to, to places like trade shows and things like that, that I would have never had the opportunity, I just raised my hand, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And that's how I learned. I asked a lot of questions, I did it. And that kind of started my journey, the sound company, which ended up pivoting me into mobile actually. I worked with a company called Handspring, which we Wait made for them. <laughs> so we ended up making the first smartphone, which was basically hardware that was attached to a handheld, uh, and, and these modules made it whatever it was—a camera, a mobile. See, totally dinosaur age stuff. But I worked there, and it was amazing. And uh, that company then. Um, basically lost you know we, we, we kind of went out of business and Apple obviously took that on and uh, I ended up in software so I pivoted from hardware to mobile to software and with software I pivoted from boxes selling boxes in retail to selling clouds and I think if there's one thing that I, I can give as far as advice is just be adaptable Yes. Just raise yeah. your hand and ask a lot of questions. I knew nothing. Remember, I thought I was going into the sand company.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's so funny, sand company. I, I I think it was it uh sound. What is it? Sound Creative or or the the company? That, after. Sound yes. See, I remember that was back in the day when I used to go to Fry's Electronics. You know gadgets over there but,
3: uh, yeah yeah and I knew nothing about sales either but I really liked all of this stuff so I just piggybacked on everybody and you know a lot of the people that were at this company there was not many Latinos in tech there still isn't we need more come on guys call yes, yes, yes. Um, let's do that um, you know it was don't be afraid to ask questions to anybody we we are that you'd be surprised how many people want to
0: help yeah. But, by the way, folks, make sure you know uh, I'm uh, like again. Normally, Angelica is in the behind the scenes helping me out, but uh, you know, I'm going to try my best. Put your questions in there, and I'll ask uh, uh, the folks here. But uh, thank you, much I really appreciate Welcome. it. Angelica, so um, you, as I like, and it kind of hit me not that long ago, but you, you're a Gen Z. Uh, you are on the 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 beginning. Of the Gen Z generation. So you're the older, right? Uh, or will be the older, yes, of the Gen Z. But you are also, as I look back from a career standpoint, you are the first generation that is entering the workforce virtually. No other generation has is doing what your generation is doing. It's unheard of because most of us, when we get trained, you know, graduate from college, we go on and right? Go into an office or whatever, move out, move away from, you know, cross country or whatever, but you are doing everything virtual. Um, tell us, tell everyone a little bit about just your, your major and then your, you know, what is it? Your 365 days that you've been in the workforce so far.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's actually been just, I think I want to say like little, little over a year, maybe, but a year ago I was like, totally not in this position whatsoever. I didn't think I was going to get involved with a speed of consulting. I also have another <laughs> job that I work at uh Monus accelerator as an executive assistant. And so definitely not even a year ago, but four, even like five years ago when I first uh, went for my undergrad at Cal State Monterey Bay, I have literally my whole life known that I was going to be a teacher and that was something I was going to be a teacher and I was going to have something to do with history and then lo and behold I graduate and I'm like okay great I'm going to go into grad school I go to grad school and I leave my first semester and I'm like this isn't for me and now I have no idea what I'm going to do I was like I I, I've never even dreamed of something else like and lo and behold I'm just I knew that I wanted to use my time to, uh, to learn something, try something new. And so that's, I remember coming up to you and being like, Hey, I'm not going to go in grad school anymore, <laughs> but I promise I will do something. And that something was helping you with us And from there, I, I mean, things just kind of took off. And I mean, here we are, God knows like six months later. And then I actually got connections through you and, uh, was able to get another kind of part-time position at Monos Accelerator, which was another thing I did not expect I'd be doing. But yeah, I was in the office maybe for like three weeks. So I've been in a professional setting for three weeks and that's like it, everything else has been completely virtual, which has been, I mean, a complete pivot, but also it's really amazing to realize how much we can actually do online still. And at least that, and I'm grateful for that, that I'm at least able to have not one, but two jobs. And especially during this pandemic and being able to be flexible. And again, I believe Kelly mentioned adaptable and um, the importance of having those qualities and especially during these crazy times.
0: Yes. No, thank you, Angelica. Folks, I'm seeing a, a common thread here that doesn't matter, you know, whether you just enter the workforce or you've been in the workforce for 10, 15 or whatever years, but being adaptable, being flexible, being willing to learn. I, uh, you know, some people back in the day, right? I mean, shoot, even, even millennials, you, you know, you would look at at a recent college grad and think like, why would I want two jobs? I only want one. And sometimes we were looked down, but you know what? Hey, you got to do what you need to do. Okay. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, the way I look at it is you got two jobs, that means your network has expanded even more, and so you have even more opportunities for later on down the road to be picky. It's like going up to the buffet line, okay? It would suck going up to the buffet line mm-hmm. and there's only one item to eat, but you got 20 things? Now we're talking, okay? Now we're talking. So Chelly, thank you. Yes. There are some questions, and folks, please do ask your question because I am going to get to them. You're. I, I see some really good questions that are coming, <laughs> I promise you. I will get to these questions here, but before we get into some of these questions, Sherry, I wanna come back to you. As a recruiter, you are seeing, I'm sure, a lot of data, a lot of numbers, you know, and so forth. Tell us, what, what are some of the trends that you are seeing right now in the, uh, in the tech world as it relates to hiring or the type of industries that are that are growing?
1: So let, let me answer it this way. So I'm very lucky and I work for Experis, which is a division of the Manpower Corporation, which invests tremendous amounts of resources in um, data, trend analysis, things of that nature, right? So um, let, let, me, let me look at it this way. So, and we follow that and we look at that because we're expected to uh, be ahead of the trend, right? Yes. So I would say whether it's tech, hospitality, construction, just across the board, The number one trend for 2020 that we didn't know, right, is really going to be the year of the career pivot, right? Everybody, it doesn't matter whether you're in tech or you are in creative or what have you, everybody, whether you're working, you're not working, you were furloughed, you were laid off, it's the year of the career pivot, right? Which is a really awesome, awesome place to be. And why do I say that? There's a lot of professionals, whether you're millennial, because I mean, millennials in their late 30s now, right? Yeah. Gen X, okay, exactly. who are now moving into really the middle, the solid middle to latter part of their career, right? They have a lot to offer. And even I would offer Gen Z that's just coming into the professional workforce. Everybody is gonna come to a place in their life where, you know what, I'm ready to do something new or different, or I wanna level up, or whatever the motivating factor is, right? that's a career pivot and now when everybody needs to do it and is everybody has to do it either because we've been impacted negatively at our job that we had last year or last month or six months ago or because we've you know we're, we've been ready for a while but maybe this is just the time to get up the gumption and do it now is really a tremendous opportunity doesn't matter what you've done in your past the career pivot because everybody's doing it so when yeah, you do yeah. something you're interviewing or you're networking with someone and I ask you Um, you've been a teacher for 20 years. Like, why are we having this conversation? Nobody's going to ask that question anymore. And it's not going to have a negative connotation. So I I was, you know, this time last year where we're seeing that, yes, we always see career pivots, but at this wide of scale, even manpower's research says that that's, I would say that's the theme for this year, right? Tech or not.
0: Yeah, That's
1: That's definitely the theme for this year.
0: That is so important. The year of the career pivot. I love it. I love that. Thank you, uh, Kelly. you know what, um, there's a question here, because I don't want it to go, that's scrolling here through it, but, um, but uh, either one of you, you know, can take a, a, a stab at it. But here's the question that uh, Lisbeth is asking. She says, um, studies show that men apply for positions if they meet 60%, while mm-hmm. women apply if they meet 100% of them. Are there any suggestions on how to break this barrier? How do we know when to apply for a position or not? whoever um, wants to take that but i will say that manpower
1: all of the major thought leadership organizations their 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 data shows the exact same thing and it's been that way for a really long time so um even cheryl sandberg references that in lean in um in her book lean in that's a well-founded well-accepted data point so i would say don't let anything stop you you know screw those
3: statistics And, you know, do what you have to do, go apply, go give your best best self, because sometimes we get kind of inundated with all of these statistics, you know, we shouldn't be here, we shouldn't be there. Hey, we should be there, and we should own that, and go interview and be confident about that, irrelevant if it's a guy guy position, girl position, whatever that is, and... um, just do it. I mean, in my particular case, you know, I, I wasn't supposed to be there, right? Because I didn't have the degree. I did maybe wasn't, uh, you, you know, I didn't know tech. I wasn't a guy, whatever that might be. But there I was. So don't yeah. let that stop you.
0: Don't let that yeah. stop you. That's true. No, you're right. Annika, what about from, from your perspective? Any thoughts on that?
3: Uh,
2: well, yes, definitely. I mean, echoing what everyone else has said, but also I think the important thing to recognize is that especially for me as a woman, as a person of color, the idea in my mind that I must, the qualifications on the sheet, I must exceed them like two times. I totally, completely understand that pressure and that mindset. Um, it's taken me a while to kind of get over that, but also at the same time recognize that skills are learned. And so you, again can always learn if you don't have all 29 skills that's not a problem you can learn that but personality ambition and you know your resiliency that's not something that is everyone has and so to realize that those factors are something that will allow you to gain experience be skills that's definitely I believe driving force especially for people that are my generation who don't have experience because of age, of course I'm not going to experience because I'm live long. And so <laughs> with, of course, like with time, like I will gain that, but at the same time to believe in myself and trust that I have the drive to be able to show people that I am the right person
0: for this position. Yeah. You remind, yeah. You remind me of that uh, uh, early on uh, when you're establishing your credit, like, uh, you know, you can't, there, we can't give you credit because you have no credit. Well, then how am I supposed to get credit? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? so, and,
1: and Oscar, let me kind of pull this, bring this full circle, right? So it, to the, the question that was asked. So it, it really, it, a lot of this has to do with how girls grow up and how boys grow up, right? So, and, and that, again, there's lots of resources you can read on that. And, and a lot of the research culminates in the same, in the same theory. Women, whether you're, it doesn't really matter the generation that you're in, women tend to look at all of the reasons and say, "Mm, here's why I'm not a fit, right? Right. And consequently, that leads to the decision to say, well, I'm not going to go for it, okay? So it's kind of like in sales. Well, if you didn't do it, then the answer is always going to be no, right? Unless you tried for it, then it might be yes, or you'll get to the yes, right? If you never go for it, then it's always going to be no, right? And women kind of, that's kind of our approach sometimes. And then on the flip side, men are always like, well, of course you're going to try a beat. You know, so they look at it and go 50% of it. I'm awesome. Submit. right." (laughs) So or I'm going to go after it. Right. Which is, it's not to take away from men. Right. But because the approach is different and we approach it differently Mm -hmm. from a, from an emotional and from a psychological perspective, that's, I would say just that alone, think about all the opportunities that somebody, even myself, I'm guilty of it will have probably not gone after that could have I could have had just by going, mm, I don't know if I want to do that or mm, I don't <laughs> think I can do that or mm, I don't do that right now, right? So yeah. th- that's that's kind of where this stems from. So I would say to everybody, again, career pivot year, now's the time to go,
0: go for it. Go for it, bye. You're gonna, thank you, you love that. Michael, were, you, uh, were you gonna uh, say something?
3: Look, I was just going to say, look, last year, I had never spoken on a stage ever, 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 ever. And I was always in my head, like, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Well, you know, What do I have to offer? And I always talked myself out of it for years, for like 20 years. But I wanted to. And guess what? I passed up 20 years of opportunities because I was in my head. Uh, and I really wanted to do it. So the moment that I actually got the opportunity this last year, I went for it. And I said, you know what? What do I have to lose? And I did it, and it, it turned into all of these things. And that's why I'm here today with you, Oscar. Like, yeah. it's one opportunity after another opportunity after another opportunity. You gotta try it. You gotta yeah. try it. The worst that can happen is it doesn't happen. Yeah. And when you're okay with the worst that can happen, then you're good.
0: Yeah. You, yeah there's a talk that I do, and I, I refer to this, what we're talking about, what comes to my mind, is learning how to embrace fear. And what? I use the analogy or metaphor, whatever the heck, you know, about firefighters where you and I, you know, all of us, we're not firefighters. So if, if the house, our office is burning, we get the hell out of there because that's what, you know, for safety. But firefighters are trained to embrace that fear and run into a burning building. And so I believe that if we learn how to embrace, because we're going to be fearful about getting out of our comfort zone, public speaking or whatever, applying for that job, rejection and all that. But if we learn to do it, anyways regardless of our gender we're you know we're, some good things are going to happen so but uh, um um marta i want to come to you and i, I want to come back to the point that i made when i was uh introducing you about you weathering two recessions because i don't realize a lot of people especially young younger folks realize how actually that's pretty badass okay thank you going here okay <laughs> <laughs> because I, I will tell you, I was, and Angelica was, was little, my kids were little, but I left the tech industry at the end of 2008 during the mm. um and got into the nonprofit world, et cetera, whereas you weathered that. You're still mm. in it and currently today. What are some tips that you can give um, folks to be able to weather any downturn in, in the economy, to remain employed? You know, I think that you need to remain adaptable. In the case of, you know, myself,
3: and I'm in a tech job at Adobe, and they are changing themselves. They have to. Mm-hmm. With the profession, you know, they can, you know, they have to adapt. Then I was like, I've never sold, let's say, subscriptions or licenses, whatever it is. I don't know how to do that. But I, I did have a base for being a manager and being, you know, a partner manager. I had communication skills. I knew how to do all of that. Honestly, the whole subscription part was just a small part of it. So you just have to be able to adapt. They're not going to teach you that in school. I mean, tech changes every two years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're learning in school. Okay, that's fine. But it's actually what you're doing now. Let's just adapt to that. Okay, I guess I'm going to do this now, right? Um, So I think adaptability helped with that. Um, You know, prior to the recession, I actually... I was working at Adobe as a contractor. They, they were not hiring me. At the time, there was no budget and such. So I actually left, I actually left Adobe and I said, I'll be back. That's kind of what I do, you know, I'll be back. And I was back a year later trying again. We cannot give up, you you really want it. I came back a year later and there I am 15 years after. So um, I would say, you know, don't be afraid to, To try new things. Whatever's on, I heard Angelica say, you know, she's looking at these paper, these job descriptions, and they're crazy, by the way. Uh, You know, we don't have to fit it all 100%. Go interview, go talk to them, go give them what your backstory is. I'm going to give you an example. I was entering the licensing business. I had never done it at Adobe, and I was selling boxes to Fry's Electronics, to Best Buy, all of that, kind of when we used to go shop at stores back in the day. And uh, I asked my ma- – they kept interviewing these people for this position, and um, my friend, he's like, why don't you apply for – I've never done it. And he's like, you could still do it. He's like, you have the skills, you have the communication. It's just a different product you're selling to a different audience. And you know, having other people tell me that I was good enough felt really good. Just try it. He said, like, just try it. And so I kind of started, you know, uh, that brain, uh, you know, shift there. And I went to my manager and I said, you know what? I'd love to apply for that. I'm gonna do. I think I could do it. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were interested. And and it was just that I go yes I am interested and he's like all right let's put you through the interview process you know one month later I had the job but he, people need to we need to voice it we need to voice it that we're interested we need to go for it like Shelly says you know and Angelica, we need to not be intimidated by you know the big line list that you gotta you know check every box
0: yes yes, yes. yeah yeah um Express, let other people know that you are interested in opportunities. And then the other thing too, that I heard uh, Marta too, is having people, you know, that believe in you, that encourage you, whether we call them a mentor, a coach, you know, a supporter, a friend, uh, that is also uh, um, important as well. Um, There's a question here from Lucia uh, Arteaga, and she says, and maybe Chelly, you can take a step at this one. She says, there are jobs I want to apply even without the qualifications, but most of these jobs now have pre-screen pre-screening questions, and I automatically get disqualified for not answering the right way, quote unquote. Should I quote lie and explain <laughs> interview?
1: <laughs> okay. So no, we don't lie about things <laughs> on our career. So there's a big big difference between enhancing Our current status, skills, ability, etc. And then there's essentially lying, which is very negative because essentially that's fraud. Okay, so let me explain the difference real quick. And then I I have some recommendations that actually, Oscar, you always give. And I I would say that there's, I would say I'm 100% in agreement with your approach, right? So to be clear. Enhancing, right, is one thing. That's where we're kind of going to talk up front about some of the value-added experience skills that we have, whether we're getting paid for it or not, okay? So, Angelica, this might be really helpful for, this would be really something I would be doing if I was starting really, really entry-level in my career. I would be talking about all the stuff I do first. Vera, I'd be talking about all the stuff I've done for projects, volunteer otherwise at school, until you start building that foundation of paid experience, okay? It doesn't mean it's not experience, but you're right, it means you weren't necessarily paid, okay? And we see a lot of effectiveness with this for individuals, for example, that are reentering the workforce, okay? So I have the privilege, uh, right now I'm working with some organizations, Manpower Supports, a number of organizations for veterans who are transitioning out, but more importantly, their spouses who are moving from place to place and all kind of stuff. And they still need to and want to have a career and need to work, right? Well, how are you going to do that when you don't necessarily know what you're going to be living in two years or 18 months or 12 months or six months, right? So that, but you're still actively gaining experience. That is a foundation that you can brand to yourself, that you can call on, whether or not you're really getting paid or not. Okay, so the, I would think that, that that's important, right? And we all kind of call on that, right? That's how I became a project manager. They forced me into networking and volunteering that I didn't want to do, but now, you know, like 10 years later, I'm a PMP, right? So that is what I would call enhancing. Lying is fraud, okay? And I'll give you a great example, and I have a number of them, unfortunately, from my career where why we don't want to do this, okay? Mm-hmm. Lying straight out is I have a college degree, when in reality, you didn't really... But I went, and I have lots of candidates in my career, but I went four years. Fantastic. If I call the registrar's office there, are they going to send me back validation that you actually completed it? Well, no. Okay, well, then I can't tell them that you have a college degree because you don't, right? Or certifications. Oh, well, I'm, I'm working on several positions right now, and this particular team at, 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 at this organization, no PMP is like the same thing of not having a college degree. Uh, well, oh, I had one. Oh, fantastic. But you're not in the online global registry. Oh, well, but that's because I let it lap. Well, then you're not one anymore, right? So there's, and the the reason we want to don't want to do this, one, to a prospective employer, you're dishonest, right? You lied about something, right? And two is it's a terminatable offense, okay? And unfortunately, we have all, you know, if you're a recruiter and you've been doing it for a while. We have all had candidates that even though we do the due diligence up front, it always comes in in the back end whether or not you lied about something, and that's always going to be a terminatable offense. So we don't want to do that okay so um the best way around it look there's more than one way to skin a cat right these systems are set up to save time and to provide traceability right when you're adobe um good years meaning the last 10 prior to this one with covid when you were really in an employee market right to now adobe has a lot of cachet. they have a great brand you're going to get a ton of resumes coming at you good years or bad years meaning we're we're, you know depending on where we are economically right you have to have a tool that provides traceability for things like eeoc right for things like um you know for things like tracking data all that other kind of stuff right so that's part of why those questions are there i think it's kind of lazy but with that being said they're not necessarily going to go away okay so if you're not really finding that then oscar you give you preach it every week okay there's more than one gonna <laughs> catch. who do you know that can introduce you to this organization that you're trying to get into okay can they give you an introduction then you have to follow up from there that's networking right that's kind of and social selling is now moving into this right but there's more than one way so if you keep hitting the i'm not saying stop going through that process because one of the other is going to get you through potentially but if you keep hitting that firewall Try a role that's a little bit different, but doesn't require the same thing. Or that's what the network is for. Reach out and I say, hey, I'm really interested in this. Who's the decision maker? Who's the gatekeeper? It's gonna take some work, but it's achievable. But if you kind of just approach it from one way and it's not working, it's kind of like, when said, oh, well, I, die. I go to the doctor and I tell him, when I poke my eye, it hurts. You know what, I can't see anything. Well, then stop poking your eye. Look at another thing, right? So I would say that, there, like I said, there's more than one way to skin a cat and oscar can i say something uh, lies are very hard to keep track
3: of too so don't do that <laughs> not to who did i say that to no don't do that uh the other thing is i think sometimes we're a little too um quiet about our achievements right mm-hmm. like, okay you're doing a ton of stuff with espita you've done a ton of other things and we we sometimes kind of we don't we we're not as proud as we should be about that and I, i've encountered that myself when i was trying to do something else. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can do that. And my my boss was like, you've done it, you can do it. And it's like, just speak about it. And I'm like, but do you think they'd really listen to him? Yes, do it. So, you know, just don't be shy about your achievements, paid or not. If you've done them, you've done them, they're not mm-hmm. lying.
0: They're right. lying. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, Kelly I, I wanna follow up on this about uh, with you uh, as a, um a a, a young professional as a latina in terms of in terms of do you find it hard for you um or do you do you feel that it's easier for you your generation to share your accomplishments because i think to some degree there is a gender and a cultural aspect to you know being humble Uh, so you know what 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 about for you, Hannah? Do you feel it's it's easier for you? Do you feel it's still challenging to speak about your accomplishments?
2: Not e- the answer is no. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I think, especially as those younger ones, our accomplishments are definitely again. I think they're shadowed over the fact that we are young. So my accomplishments are obviously not as lengthy as someone who has been in the workforce for twenty years. And so I think there's definitely a um, a habit of minimizing our accomplishments. Um, I also think comparing our accomplishments with other peoples is also an unfair thing that we do to ourselves. Um, me getting a college degree isn't the same as someone who in the 1950s got a college degree, like for example. like, And that's not to say that it's any less of an accomplishment, but it's also acknowledging the journey that that person took to get that accomplishment Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that we tend to kind of over overlook is that journey to it and that's the part that's more important because at the end of the day the accomplishment is essentially just something you put on your resume and it's yeah
3: i see the conversation a lot Oscar and Helika and Shelly like the whole like what's the journey and I think I don't know Shelly I think I feel like I don't know if you can do it as a recruiter, like ask about the journey, like what got you here, especially as a first gen, I feel like if we're first gen, we should be screaming it from the rooftop. And there's a history behind that because a lot of first gens, um, you know, they had to pay for their own college. There's there's a lot going on there. And maybe that is the resume. And then the other the other stuff is just kind of show, you know cherry on top. But I feel like we should be, if they're not asking, we should be
1: telling the journey. And maybe well, that's and actually Monica that Martha that's well, let me share this one. So the career journey. That's a new thing, right. Um, prior to that, think about the last recession that was called your 32nd commercial right the day we rebranded it and now it's called the career journey and it's just as important as somebody who or Who has been in the workforce for a while right as somebody who's starting out. Okay, this is going to be a skill that you're going to have to come it's like your professional profile, your LinkedIn, whatever. It's your, it's it's how you're going to introduce yourself to somebody, right? How you're going to build that brand. Where, where where have you been from point A to point wherever you are right now? So everybody who is listening, career journey, that's what it means. What is your 30-second commercial? What is your professional brand? What is your professional profile? How did you get from point A to where you are right now? Absolutely important, okay? Yeah, yeah. And then beyond that, more, um, let me offer to you, Angelica, there is a book that I read that I think all per, all women should read. Um, And if I had read it at your age, I probably would have gotten myself further in my career. It's called Nice Girls Don't Get Corner Offices. And it talks about all of the things, um, and it it, it talks about all of the factors that women being women kind of, you know, what, what prevents us from going for it and why preventing us from going for it, being outspoken. Etc. Prevent us from our for reading our the goals that we would want to set for ourselves. So if I get on your Amazon, girl, you could probably get it cheap right now. Good <laughs> girl, girls don't get good girl. Nice girls don't get corner offices.
0: Nice girls nice and good corner offices. Yes.
3: And there's no networking events, guys. I mean, there is no happy hours, none of that. Like I I'd say, use LinkedIn a lot. I, I use it a lot for learning about what other people do, ask advice, whatever that might be. Um, you know, use it to your benefit as far as uh, getting in contact with these people at these companies and follow them around and, you know, do the commenting and all of that. That They start to know you, too. Then all of a sudden, Angelica Garcia becomes top of mind, you know, when these things come up. And I know a little bit about her because I kind of know what she's interested in and, and we're already maybe had a conversation or two. So don't be afraid to do that. I think right now is the
1: digital age of getting, this is how we're doing our happy hours. This is how we're networking. Mm-hmm. And actually after you had a guest not too long ago, Joe Origo, and he made the best comment and I connected him on LinkedIn to compliment him. So, you know, the, I'm Martha I'm kind of in sales too, right? So, you know, we used to be able to do the meet and greets and the happy hours, which is how you and I first met and all that kind of stuff. Well, we're gonna be not doing that for a little while. Okay. Sure. But you know what? There's a tremendous amount of networking opportunity starter group. Start a support group. I mean, there's. A, has anybody seen hashtag Get Hired from Andrew Seaman? He started that when COVID hit. He gets yeah. thousands oh. of followers for his profile for his podcast every week. It grows. Is opportunity is is what we're is what we're looking at. So um, I'm with you on Martha. But you know what? There's a lot of ways to connect. You just have to, have to do it.
0: Absolutely. Right, right. Yeah. No, you're, right, you're right. Uh. Uh. Chandler, and, Martha, and, and Angelica. You know, creating this. It's. It's like. It's like back in high school, right? Like the the popular kids were the ones that threw the parties, right? When the, their parents went away for the weekend. Okay, I mean I was busy making chorizo, so no parties for me. Right? <laughs> but but uh, but no, it's 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 about creating that that community. And I'll tell you from from from, from myself as, as a reformed introvert, uh, I I actually do prefer sort of this online engagement. It's not as stressful as if I was in a traditional environment and and, and so forth but um no that's great we have a question here uh someone else that says uh according to a blog post on rainmakers only 25 percent of salespeople in tech are women what are some strategies Mm -hmm. to break through that old boy network martha i'm gonna let you take that one sister I mean,
3: so, uh, we've got to get out there. I think we just can't be nervous about it. And, you know, sales is all about numbers, metrics. all of. We, we will be in our own heads and talk ourselves out of that sales job. Adobe has a lot of women salespeople, okay? Um, and it's because they go for it. I say, number one, just go for it and don't let that kind of man stereotype stop you. You know, I'm there at those meetings all the time, and it's, it's awesome. I love it. So I, I just think you just need to get out of your head and uh, try it, right? And start breaking the silos and start making that, uh, you
1: know, gap a little less. And I would add to Martha, remember I was telling you about my career journey and I started in accounting and finance and then I was like, oh, no, everybody's making money in tech, I'm going to go to tech. There are a lot of men that I deal with as decision makers, and I have always, and for the longest time, I was the youngest person in my office. Right, so it was very easy to get trampled. So I would say, Martha, you're right. If I had had the mindset that, oh, I don't think I could do tech, and that's there's no way, right? No way, no. And reality is, in terms of what I do, as, as as a professional on my side of the table, all of the money is made in tech, right? All the big projects, the big investments. Visibility, things of that nature. So it was a good career track for me. But if I had had that idea that I thought in my head, I I wouldn't have been able to progress and work with some of the really awesome people have had the opportunity to do that. With that being said, I'm not a big believer in fake it till you make it. Okay. It hasn't served me well in my career. So if that is you want to make a career pivot, I would say simultaneously, you need to level up and educate yourself on those areas that you don't know. Tech is not scary. You do have to have an understanding of what it is that you're working with, right? There's a big difference now than, um, you know, I mean, software engineering, pick a flavor, okay? Cloud, I mean, pick a flavor, AWS, Azure, you know, all that kind of stuff is newer. Now we're dealing with Docker and container technology. I don't need to know how to do it, but I have to educate myself to have a foundation to be able to present myself and be knowledgeable. So I am a believer in simultaneously you have to level up, but don't be afraid just because it says tech.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm with you, Martha. Mm -hmm. What does a the life look like for them? You know, maybe – ask another person and do the comparison and eventually you start to see is this really for me or is it not for me and then you know be be humble you know be real I, I'm starting off right this is new for me and i love an opportunity to get to know this but now you have a little bit of background by talking to those people
0: yeah no, that's you're right you're right I like, what about um so I was I don't know if I, I it was a video that I saw yeah I think it was a video That I saw earlier today, actually it was Simon Sinek, I remember, and he's talking about how uh, millennials and and Gen Z, your generation, um, are struggling with building relationships in in the workforce because uh, the young generation is used to the texting, the messaging, Uh, they're afraid of confrontation, uh, poking someone, you know, uh, and so, so one of the things about you and and your younger brother that, that that I've you know stands out is is that you guys aren't that techie to say I'm actually more techy than than kind of you guys. <laughs> but uh, what, what what advice what tips do you have for young professionals with regards to building those relationships in this time that we do need to do things virtually?
2: So funny you bring this up. Yes, I am not <laughs> like whatsoever. Oh, here Are you texting your dad all day long? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. It's so it's a very, very good question. Um I think definitely speaking to the being afraid of confrontation and having, I mean, I think that also stems from the fear of rejection. I mean, who likes being rejected and who likes also, I think, culturally um, asking for help, of course. I mean, that's been a topic that's been discussed on some of your other um, career talks, but um, in terms of networking and I've struggled with this, especially because I mean, I just started my career. I, a lot of, like, the professors I had weren't, had been in their positions for a while. So, I mean, it's always, like, where do I begin? Like, usually your connections start with your your first stop, right? And so I think with me especially, and I was just thinking about this too. I was like, I haven't really made any new connections or, like, I haven't been able to go into the office, and, you know, make friends with, like, you know, my coworkers or anything yep. like that. And so I think a lot of it, and I didn't even realize it was happening Um, but mostly with email, like uh, slowly, but surely I, I, I mean, I, I've even referred people to people to you who I just met, um, like a couple months ago, which is really like Odd just to think that these things do happen organically, and I think, especially making sure I think we tend to kind of start stressing out like, oh my god, like I need to talk to like five people a day. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's like, okay, well, let's just start like letting it kind of naturally kind of coalesce together. Um, especially for me, someone who is one, an introvert, not very techie, I'm not gonna like constantly be on, you know. I'm not constantly on LinkedIn, but when I am, I utilize that time like to make sure that one, I am like reading the comments and making sure that the connections I'm making or the people that I am seeing and adding to my network are people that I may not actually directly know but I know that somewhere in the future, their message aligns with mine. And so making those like, s- like smoothly making those small connections are steps that I feel like a lot of people in my generation, especially if you're looking for a job, is a very easy way to kind of like ease your way into, oh, look, I'm being an adult now and I'm networking, <laughs> and I'm, you know, developing my career journey. And I think a lot of times we make it sound like this really scary thing where it's like, we have to be in a room with a whole bunch of strangers. and Thank God for tech right now, because that's not the case. It can definitely be something
0: that's less scary for people.
2: Yeah, yeah it's true. that's
0: true. I'm I, <laughs> so, uh, Shelley, um we're coming up here to, to the end, but I want to ask all three of you this, this question here, okay? And I'll start with you, Kelly. Uh, so, um, the question is what is the old way of finding a job? And what is the new way? You know, in other words, and the new way could be whatever tip or something that you haven't shared. So the old way of doing, finding a job and the new way uh, of finding a job.
1: So uh, here's here's how I'd like to answer that question. I think that, let's look at it this way. I think the older way is, let's look at it pre-COVID, right? So we've really been in a, prolonged period of economic, basically boom time, right? Like never seen before. I mean, the millennials who were coming in 2008, 2009, 2010, they had it really tough. Those were really nasty years. I mean, they were they were really, really difficult. And then it just proceeded to keep going, 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 going. And we've had 10 plus years now of a candidate market, right? So yeah, sure. by that, I mean, didn't really matter. Well, tech in particular, but tech, finance, other industries, There were literally, I think at one point, this time last year, I was trying to find the data just just to think about this question. I think there were literally like probably 50, 60 open jobs at one point in the country for every eligible enabled um, worker, right? So that was last year. COVID has hit, right? So now this year, we're really not in a candidate, quote unquote, market anymore, okay? Not I jealous. am really happy to say that even Manpower's data from last quarter and last two months, and even from what I'm seeing from my own personal network that I maintain, absolutely professionals are going back to work. hundred percent. That's proven. And everybody out there who's looking for a role, a career pivot, you have a job. When you land one, announce it to everybody. We want to have the, we want to have the wins. Okay? It encourages everybody. So please do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the positive is a lot of individuals are definitely going back to work. With that being said, are we going, are now in a position where I can be, take a back seat to my job search and just post my um, resume on DICE or CareerBuilder or Indeed or whatever your flavor is and put my little open to work um, sign on LinkedIn and magically hundreds and thousands, lots and lots of recruiters are gonna contact me about all these offers probably not, okay? So, I mean, depending on what you do, probably not. We're really good. So I would say the new way is we have to be in charge. We have to take a now proactive approach to our job search. Okay. So you do have to do all those things. We also want to, we all say network. There's a lot of opportunities to do that. Okay. Lots of organizations do it. I do it. Experience does it. Oscar, you have a great podcast. Afterwards, I'm going to follow up with Angelica, I'm going to ho- a follow up with Martha people, feel free to send me a LinkedIn invitation, let me know this is where you saw me. Let's start the conversation. I'm And then, you know, really having um, a social sales, right, focus on how you're going to make those connections, how you're going to uncover those opportunities. And I would also say, you know, this happened to me today. I'm working on some opportunities in project management. And I, these are people I've worked with for a while. Sent out the email, sent out the text, left the boy email. I have people emailing back. Oh, well, just tell me how much it is and what. I'm like, That's a huge missed opportunity. Okay, no matter what your professional opinion is about working with recruiters or whoever it is that contacts you, that is an opportunity now that I would argue you don't want to like just let it go by the wayside anymore, because there's twenty behind it. Um, there probably are, but it's not going to come all at one time anymore like maybe it was like last year, right? So yeah. being more proactive, being, you know, really having a plan and being, you know, making sure that you're doing the outreach, not just expecting to come mm-hmm. to you, that I think is going to lead you to a lot more success than if you take a backseat. So that's, right. that's what I'm seeing now.
0: Awesome. Um, thank you, Kelly.
1: What's up? Awesome. Old way, new way. Hey,
3: for me, it hasn't really changed. The only thing is that I actually have you at my fingertips. It's awesome, right? So the old way was, I'll take you out to coffee. We go have palitos and eggs, you know that kind of stuff. And it, it, it's awesome. I actually prefer that way myself. I'm an extrovert. I like to hug, whatever. But you know, for for everybody else, like we are here right now. You know, Shelly's now going to be connecting. And connected. I've been connected with Oscar all year long. And you know, I'll be connected with whoever's listening here. And going in softly. Let's just start. A, let's start a relationship as a friend. Let's start a relationship and nurture that relationship. I mean, my networks, I have people that I've networked for 25 years, right? So, uh, and, and you keep those in your, you know, keep those people in your back pocket, in your heart, wherever they are, but because you just never know how you're going to need each other, right? So going in softly. I think the hard ass, hey, I need a job. That doesn't work either. Okay, mm-hmm. no, that does not work. Uh, I get a lot of those messages and I kind of ignore them. Um, you know, listen to what I have to post, you know, let's follow each other around, let's get to know each other. I honestly am kind of old school that way. I'm just glad there's digital and now it's just a lot easier to reach more people.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, building and nourishing those relationships. Thank you, Marta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, come on, okay, you're, you're, you can't go that far as far as old, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, I'll ask you the same question. What's the, uh, the old way and, and, and the new way?
2: Well, I think one of the important things, and I feel like Chelly definitely um, touched upon it, was, and I mean, being in college and assuming that once I got out, I'm going to apply for a job, I have to fulfill each and every requirement, interview process, da, 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 X, Y, and Z. That's no longer the case. We're seeing networking, we're seeing more importance and reliability on career journey, the ability to market yourself, the ability to be confident while you market yourself, and also the ability to kind of take that rejection. And so I definitely um encourage everyone, especially Gen Z who's out there like watching, is that one, this is our time. This is we are an unconventional, untraditional generation and honestly this is the moment in time where we thrive because of that. Yeah. And I think it's also important to continue this wave of progression because I kind of see the resume as the standardized testing of, you know, careers. <laughs> and and uh, UCs are no longer accepting SMP and ECTs. No. So guess what? Sorry, resumes. You're soon going to be obsolete. Sorry, Tori. But hopefully, we see this more people interaction, because at the end of the day, you have to deal with me and not the piece of paper. So.
0: end to that. Yes.
1: Yes.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> no. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Helica. I love that. Um. Jelly, uh, Marta, and Angelica, thank you again for being here on uh, Career Talk with OG. I, um, um, you know, in, in case any people out there are wondering, like, hey, Oscar, how come you don't have any men? Because I chose to pick winners. So, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you for uh, for sharing uh, a lot of tremendous wisdom, knowledge. I know it's going to be beneficial to many people out there as well. And uh, folks, as we just before we sign off, I do want to share uh, something really quick here, and that is um, the uh, the podcast. Uh, I do have uh, a couple weeks ago launched the the new Career Talk with OG podcast, and it's on Apple, Spotify. Uh, Um, Google podcast anchor a bunch of them and um, I'm actually looking to be able to take some of these uh, talks and upload them as part of the podcast so check it out and uh, again we're gonna sign out everyone have a great uh, rest of your Wednesday uh, afternoon slash evening